Welcome to the Idea Fit Pro Show with your host, Sandy Todd Webster. Welcome to our fitness family around the globe, and thank you for joining us on another episode of the Idea Fit Pro Show. I'm your host, Sandy Webster, and today I couldn't be more thrilled to be talking with Abby Gelman, who has been a registered dietitian for more than a decade and a professional chef for twice as long as that. Her business mission is to bridge the worlds of nutrition health and food deliciousness, to create great food that is great for you and your clients. She is a prolific recipe creator, published author of two cookbooks, and has been a regular on the Idea World and Personal Trainer Institute programs over the past many years. Abby works with health professionals as well as brands to develop an approach to food and nutrition that is sensible, approachable, and sustainable, but which also pleases the palate. I have a million questions for Chef Abby, so let's jump right in. Welcome, Chef Abby Gelman. Thanks for being here. Thank you for having me. So exciting. Yeah, I'm super excited to to get just a few minutes with you to explore some key cooking and nutrition topics with you that I'm I'm hoping will help our listeners approach food and nutrition um, and maybe the holidays with more mindfulness. So if you could start by um, introducing yourself and telling us about your unique blend of being an RD as well as professional chef and how your expertise serves clients as well as brands. Sure. So um, I'm a registered dietitian, which means I uh, worked in a hospital, sat for an exam, did all of, I have a master's in nutrition. And then I also, before that became a chef. So I went to culinary school. I worked in restaurants, um, did a lot of private chef work and all of these things. So the funny thing is that actually a lot of um, dietitians don't cook and a lot of chefs don't know anything about nutrition. So I'm kind of a very unique uh, skill set of, of everything combined. So how to make things healthy and delicious. Yeah, excellent. So um, from all of the years you've been doing this, how has the food business um, evolved um, over the years, but also specifically in terms of pandemic? and the types of projects you've been working on these days. Are there any emerging trends or themes you're seeing right now? Sure. Um, well, I'm definitely doing most everything virtual now. I actually am set up at home already to film. I've been doing that for uh, like four and a half years. So mm -hmm. that wasn't such a big change for me. It was actually a little bit easier starting to do new segments and everything suddenly at home and, and whatever else. Um, but as far as trends and themes, there's definitely a return to the kitchen and cooking, which I love to see. Mm -hmm. um, people were home. They were giving cooking a try again. You know, as people go back to the office or if they start working outside the home again, we'll see what changes. But um, generally speaking, there's definitely been a lot more interest in cooking. And in general, that just makes it if you're cooking versus going to a restaurant or getting takeout, it already is usually healthier. Just yeah. It, it takes um, a, a ton of salt out of the food for, salt, as fat. a first step. Yeah. Yeah. All that stuff. A lot of times um, fruit and vegetable intake might go up depending on, on uh, what you're cooking and things like that too. So 
that was all good. And then there's a focus on immunity. Everybody wants to know what to eat to stay healthy. Um, that's been a big one. Um, plant-based as an idea has become bigger. Um, and everyone has different definitions of what that means, but just the idea of eating more plants has become larger, which is great also. Um, so those are kind of the big things, I guess, that I've seen the most. So as someone who comes at it from, you know, both a, a healthcare or a health practitioner angle, but also, you know, concerned with deliciousness, those must be <laughs> um, encouraging trends to, to be seeing. Yeah, absolutely. And I've always done things that were very simple, not overwhelming. I don't want anyone to feel like they have to be in the kitchen cooking all day. Um, but how can you eat a healthy meal on the table within 30 minutes that also tastes really good and your family or you're even just you, you're eating alone, whatever the case may be, will, will enjoy it and want to keep eating the food that you're cooking. Right on. Um, that's exactly how I love to cook too. <laughs> um, so instead of educating clients on what they need to limit or what they can't have because mm -hmm. of a diagnosis, you like to empower clients with foods they can eat, but also help teach them um, healthy cooking techniques um, they can use at home to prepare really delicious food. Um, describe your process for developing content. Where do you get your inspiration? Um, what things do you read? Who do you follow that inspire you? Oh, goodness. Um, it's been a little bit harder lately without travel, but... Um you know, going to restaurants, it used to be going to events. Like if I went to a wedding or an event where there was food, I always kept an eye on what the food and things were there. Magazines. I still get hard copies of all of the magazines. Which um, ones, which ones do you like? I'm just curious. Um, fine cooking. I love eating well. Um, I get real simple also because I like to see that like real simple Rachel Ray food network, all like kind of what other, like what a, a section of what's happening all over the country, mm -hmm. you know? So like diff what different people are cooking and different trends and ideas are in all of those. Um, what else do I, and, and some dietitian magazines that have recipes and things in them, of course, um, like food and nutrition and today's dietitian. Um, I have a million cookbooks over here <laughs> on my wall. So I still look at that. And it's funny because most of them don't have pictures. Like if pictures weren't a thing. So I have Joy of Cooking and Mark Bittman and Martha Stewart. Like there were no pictures. So I go right. back to the and Moosewood, like those timeless, um, tested and true um, every time just for myself even. Um I don't do a ton of uh, bloggers or online recipe stuff. Maybe a handful that I know are good and tested. Like I'll look up an Ina Garden recipe or I'll look up Smitten Kitchen mm -hmm. um, or maybe um, sometimes Damn Delicious. Like there's a, a handful that I'll look up every now and again. But overall, it's there's no rules there. So I can look at a recipe and know that it's not going to work. Um, or worse, you do a recipe and it doesn't work and it doesn't look like the picture that they have on there, whatever, you know, and that happens a lot. There's a lot of bad um, stuff out there. So I try to stay away from internet 
recipe searches if possible. <laughs> right. Um, and then it used to be traveling. Sometimes it's talking to people, you know, mm -hmm. like I talk to someone and they have a problem that is a food related problem. They, you know, they need to get their kids to eat breakfast in the morning before school or whatever it is. That's a problem to solve. So there can be a recipe there or like people are going back to the office and they want to start bringing lunch with them instead of buying. So like there is a problem to solve mm -hmm. so things like that. Yeah, I, you know, when you mentioned talking to people, I have this uh, little dish towel that says, let's eat lunch and talk about dinner. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, yeah. for the for the food obsessed among us, that's, you know, yeah. it's just always sort of top of mind. And um, yeah, I, I read a lot of cookbooks. I, I just look at all kinds of stuff because I find myself getting it, get, getting in ruts sometimes. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Of course. And I, I, I might be cooking a bunch of stuff for for um, recipe testing or filming, but then my daughter and I will eat the same thing ourselves like every night for dinner for a week. And then I'm like, OK, we got to, uh, you know, but we have some tried and true and things that that work all the time. Yeah, it's good to have the go to's, but it's also good to experiment and, and get out there and try some new things. Right. Um, so in terms of your business, I know you offer on-demand courses and live mm -hmm. virtual trainings on your Culinary Nutrition Studio studio website. Um, yep. These are good for CECs, CEUs, for health and fitness pros. Um, what are some of the common nutrition and cooking pain points of health pros, and how do your trainings help them to develop their skills in those areas? Yeah. I mean, this is why I started working on all of this like three years ago, because I did a series of webinars for today's dietitian and it was like culinary nutrition for heart disease culinary nutrition for cancer and it was one every quarter for a year mm. and it had recipe videos and it was this whole idea of a food first approach which is what i do so how do we take the science and connect it to the food and the cooking you like you can't just tell your client they need to um, stop eating fatty foods like that doesn't mean anything or increase their whole grains. If that doesn't mean anything to somebody, you have to connect everything together. And we had, it was like three to 5,000 people on every single webinar live. And then like 20,000 people listen to all the replays. Wow. So I was like, all right, well, we, <laughs> we have something like we need, people want this information. So that's a lot of what our certification program is and our courses and everything now. But we added in components around um, basic cooking skills. And then we've added in, we have, you know, sports nutrition, affordable eating, like all of these different things that other people are interested in too. Um, how to give a cooking demo, recipe development, all of these things. But the goal overall is as a practitioner, you have to be able to help the person get to where they need to be. And if you don't know how to do that yourself, how can they do it? Mm -hmm. So if you tell someone roast a sheet pan of vegetables every week, but you can't tell them how to do it. It's a missing you know, link. That's a mess a right there. So yeah. I, yeah, no, I know a lot of dietitians are do a meal plan, make snacks or make lunch and bring it with you. These like kind of general recommendations, which are great. But if someone told you to do that and you don't know how to cook, you would be overwhelmed. You're never sure. going to do it. So it's kind of that connection. We're so trying you're, to you're, you're helping the 
the health educators on the front lines, you're educating them to sort of upskill so they so they can communicate or bridge that gap. Um, between, you know, their knowledge of nutrition and the science of it. And then, okay, here's the how to, this is your Monday morning ready moment right here. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So how, and there's, you know, there's trends and things that happen like, oh, you need to do overnight oats, but if you don't know how to do overnight oats, you know, like whatever, anyway, you get my point. Yeah. (laughs) You know, you don't know what you don't know until someone shows you sometimes. Um, and how how do those courses unfold in terms of like, is it a combination of reading, live demo, video? Like, how do those chapters unfold? I'm very proud of what we've done. It took us all a year to, to do this. And we launched formally in July um, and we did 50 beta testers um, over three months before we launched and did everything. It's It's pretty awesome. So when you sign up, you get an automatic email with a username and password, and it's an online platform. So each lesson has slides with a voiceover Mm -hmm. and then a bunch of recipe videos or videos about whatever that topic is, that lesson is, and then there's handouts. um, And then there's a quiz and there is homework. So for the basic cooking skills portion, like you have to cook. And we actually require you submit photos and video of the homework online. So we receive it and we check every single one. So I'm giving direct feedback. Mm. So I can see your knife skills and I might make you cut that carrot dice over again. (laughs) You know, like (laughs) you need to, it's one. cooking is one of those things. Like the more you practice, the better you get. So you can't do it once and then suddenly be proficient, like depending on where you're coming in. But, um, so that's the cooking portion. And then the advanced portion of the certification looks at different, uh, you know, heart disease, aging, things like that. And then all the same, um, slides and video recipe videos and handouts. And there's some readings in that. And then the homework is a case study. So you have a client and this is their stats and how do you help them, Hmm. um, get to, whatever the problem that they're having is. And then the standalone courses don't have homework, but they all have cooking videos and slides and handouts and all the things, depending on the topic. What a great blend of information and and practical skills. Mm -hmm. Um, And who, um, what, what agencies are awarding the CEUs or the CPEUs? So right now, if you're a registered dietitian or a diet tech, you can get a lot of our certifications, like 53 CEUs right now. Mm, We're working on, um, we've reached out to a couple of the fitness um, ones. I think they both start with an A actually. We've reached out to them. So we're in the process of trying to get some of the fitness um, professional association to also give us American College of Sports Medicine, maybe um, American Council on Exercise. Yes, I think that yeah, ACSE maybe. ACSM and ACE, yes, those are two. That's that's fabulous because health yeah. coaches, nutrition yeah. coaches, fit pros can all benefit yeah. from from learning more of these skills. Well, congratulations on that program. It sounds wonderful. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think it's exactly what the industry needs right now. Yeah, I hope so. <laughs> We're trying. <laughs> <laughs> well, good luck with that. Thank you. Uh, 
I know you've also written two cookbooks. I knew about one of them, but I didn't, I was, I was uh, thrilled to see the second one. The first one is Mediterranean Dash Diet. The second yep. one is Mediterranean Pressure Cooking. Um, and as a new devotee of the Instant Pot, Instant of course, pot, like, yeah. like the rest of the world, um, <laughs> yeah. I was really happy to see that and I can't wait to dive into it. But tell us more about your focus on the Med Diet and how you shape the sure. recipes in these books. That second one was a COVID baby. <laughs> they were like, you want to do it? I'm like, well, I'm home. So sure. Um, I always generally cooked with that Mediterranean style anyway, because it's, it has a focus on whole fruits and vegetables and whole grains and lean seafood and meat and poultry. Like it's kind of a, everything is included. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's all, it's a lifestyle, you know, like they want you to be social when you eat, you have a glass of wine when you eat you know, lifestyle, as far as, uh, exercise, make sure that you move your body, all of that. Um, and the Mediterranean I love because it's, it's like so many different countries. Yeah. So it's everything that borders the Mediterranean. So I could make something one night that is, um, you know, yogurt and fish and might be considered more of like a Greek mm-hmm. style mm-hmm. recipe. And the next day I could make something that has cumin and coriander and, um, you know, is more of like a Moroccan style. And, and you can kind of, there's just the flavor profiles are different across, but everything has an emphasis on fresh whole foods and spices and herbs and really like using that to make your cooking shine. So it can be simple without being crazy. And, and it's, of flavor, obviously. Really simple, very flavor forward in all of mm-hmm. those Mediterranean countries. Um, and it, it yeah. makes for super exciting food, I think. Yeah. Oh, 100%. And I mean, I, I love all of those components. You know, I tahini and yogurt and just, I mean, all the things, you know, you, you can make take it so many different ways. I just, I really enjoy that style of cooking for sure. We're taking a quick break from our interview to give you some meaningful information for your continuing education and to tell you about an exciting live networking opportunity. Your passionate purpose as a trainer, coach, manager, and owner is to deliver transformational fitness experiences for your clients. If the recent past has taught us anything, it's that we must maintain the focus to continue inspiring our clients no matter what the world throws at us. You'll find that spark and more at Idea Personal Trainer Institute, which returns to Alexandria, Virginia, February 24th through 27th. Choose from 100 sessions on topics like the new rules of muscle growth, diversifying your offerings so your career can weather any storm, how your identity prevents you from seeing success and what to do about it, and much, much more. Plus, IDEA's first ever Personal Trainer of the Year, Sherry McMillan, kicks off the event with an empowering spotlight presentation on how to become more resilient in your personal and professional lives. It's time for our fitness community to rejoin and develop fresh strategies to support our clients and build unbreakable careers. To learn more about IDEA's first in-person event in two years, visit ideafit.com forward slash P trainer or call an inspired service representative directly at 888-999-4332 extension 7. 
We hope to see you at Idea Personal Trainer Institute in February. Look for the contact information in the show notes. Now let's return to our fascinating conversation. Yeah, so we were, before we started recording here, we were talking about some of the the go-tos and, you know, getting into ruts with cooking. But what are some of your go-tos that that you make for you and your daughter or that, you know, your daughter participates and helps you cook? Um, We, it's, everyone's going to laugh at we roast a sheet pan of vegetables almost every day. It's her favorite is cauliflower, but we'll do like cauliflower or broccoli are the, probably the two big ones. And it's just olive oil, salt and pepper uh-huh. roasted. That's it. I will sometimes put um, like I'll mix tahini and yogurt and lemon together a lot and leave it in the fridge. And that's like a dressing or a dip for anything really so we'll do a lot of whole baked sweet potatoes Mm. and i'll put that on top and maybe like some beans or lentils on top of there too um we we do a lot of fish like i'll just cook a piece of fish and um put some sort of oil and vinegar or citrus um, maybe some chopped herbs on it um you know you just cook it stovetop or in the oven for 10 minutes usually It's, it's pretty quick yeah um now it's getting cold. We do a lot of beans and lentils too. Mm-hmm. So I end up doing a lot of um, like pieces and then you may like, we'll have a vinaigrette or like that tahini yogurt dip, or I'll make some sort of sauce or dip and that will kind of add flavor and tie it all together. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. That's our like, our like basic day to day. Yeah. So you can take components from, or you can, you can batch cook on a Sunday even and do a whole bunch of sheet pan vegetables and your lentils and your beans, Mm -hmm. and then pull those together with, um, whether it's a plant protein, a a seafood protein or, or, you know, just any, we eat everything. So like I'll make, I'll make meatballs or something too. And that will be like beef meatballs or turkey or, or lamb. And that will be like the can be a, a protein during the week too. Yeah, it's so funny you mentioned um, roasting sheet pan vegetables every every day practically. Almost every day, yeah. <laughs> I did a, a big batch on Sunday, we had people over and so I did carrots and Brussels sprouts and asparagus and so I had all these leftover vegetables after dinner. And this morning for breakfast, I actually oh, took exactly car- carrots and Brussels and I'm famous for putting anything on a taco. <laughs> Ah, see, delicious though. Come on. So I, I roasted a couple of tortillas, corn tortillas mm-hmm. on the top of the range. And then I put like a tahini sauce mm-hmm. over it. And then, you know, those roasted vegetables and, and some cilantro. Yeah. And I was good to go. Yeah, delicious. I do that with, um, I'll make savory oatmeal. Yeah. So I usually oh, batch cook steel oats and I freeze them in a muffin tin. Yep. So, so smart. then you have your portion size, like you pop them out and put them in a, in a freezer bag. Yeah. So then you microwave the oats and then I top it with like a fried egg and leftover veggies. Yum. That that just sounds like a perfect bref- breakfast and it'll hold you for a long time. Oh, yeah. You're not going to yeah. get, oh, I need a snack or you, you're not even going to think about it. You're just going to okay. feel really uh, sated for yeah. hours. Yeah. yeah. So as long as we're geeking out about food and recipes and stuff, I I wanted to turn our conversation to holiday cooking now. Um, We're getting into that season that's both full of great possibilities, um, but also can be health bedeviling for people because of all the fat, fat, the salt, the sugar laden traditions that come with celebrating the upcoming holidays. So um, 
Abby, what are a few ways fit pros, health coaches, nutrition coaches, and our audience can set up their clients for success? I think it's a lot about, again, I go back to the positive approach, right? So like not saying, oh, I'm not going to do this or I'm not going to do that. And I can't eat this. And this is a bad food. Like, forget that. We know everything's coming, right? So the strategies need to be more about um, make sure you don't forget about your exercise regimen, right? Like Mm -hmm. even if you just go for a walk or something, like as long as you keep your body moving, that's going to be important during this time. Um, Like don't overdo it with alcohol. I think people lose focus and that's when they start eating more things. If they go to a party and they hit a drink or two first before eating, and then you lose your judgment there. So kind Mm -hmm. of maybe have a water and then the alcohol and have some food Um, and keep an eye out for, you know, fruits and vegetables and things that are like lean proteins Like same kind of thing. Like when you go to a restaurant, you don't get anything that's fried. Try to stay away from like heavy cream sauces, things like that. But, you know, like give yourself the ability, like you can have a cookie, you can have, you know, a portion of all of the things that you like, but you don't need a portion of all of the things you like. You need like a portion of all the things that you like, right? Right. So... Kind of like that, but at least with me, I, I know I'm going to eat certain things and that's fine. I just want to make sure that I still go for that run or go on a walk or like things that will help me at least feel good and, you know, happy during the time that yeah, I'm like just overdoing it. <laughs> being, being sensible, like allow, allow yourself those luxuries. Like you want to, you want to taste those yummy things that you only get really once a year. And so go ahead and and indulge a little, but then, you know, kind of snap yourself back or balance it out with exercise, hydration, being sensible, getting enough sleep, all of that good stuff. Right. Yeah. I think people go overboard partly because they're like, oh, I'm never going to have this again. Well, you will have it again. Like if you, you know, like, or I'm, I'm never gonna, I'm going to go on this crazy diet on January 1st and it's going to be super restrictive. And then I'm going to lose all the weight so then I can eat whatever I want now. And we like, none of that, like, don't make, don't negotiate with yourself and make deals, right? Like just try to stay pretty level if at all possible. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you, I usually lose in the negotiation anyway, like it's going to, it's going to go in my mouth. So just, (laughs) Enjoy it, right? Absolutely. Just enjoy it. Um, so I, I know we all have family recipes that we want to make, and maybe we, we don't want to sacrifice the rich flavors and textures of heavy cream, bacon, drippings, whatever mm-hmm. is, is the thing. Um, wh- what do you suggest here? Do you think we should edit the recipes and do some smart swaps, or should we just honor our moms and our grandmas and make the recipes as is? Um, and create healthier new partner dishes to sit beside those really traditional yummy, fatty, (laughs) delicious meals. I mean, I, it depends on the recipe and what you're trying to do, but I generally skew toward like honoring the traditions, Mm -hmm. but maybe like pick the ones that are your favorite 
and then adding in some newer, healthier sides or options in addition to it, because I feel like a lot of people swap things and they think it's going to work and then it doesn't. So like applesauce is not a substitute for fat or sugar in a cookie. It's not, it's not going to work. It's not going to work. And just trying to do that, you're going to be disappointed. Just make the cookies or the cream spinach or, you know, whatever it is, make it the way that you know it tastes good and the way that you like it. And then maybe Brussels sprouts aren't your favorite. So you're going to have a, a new different side dish that might be a healthier option mm-hmm. or like pick, you know, pick the things that maybe you don't want and don't make those and just keep the things you really like, make those and then bring in some new other options. Like mm-hmm. that's what I generally actually do. Yeah. Sounds like, sounds like the way to go for sure. Um, I'm just curious, what are you thinking about cooking for Thanksgiving or what are you planning for the holidays that you're excited about? Or have you even gotten that far yet? Thanksgiving's my favorite. I love Thanksgiving. (laughs) Um, And I always do the same thing because it's the certain things that I always make. Like I love stuffing. I won't change it. So like, but the way I make it is not, I don't think it's terrible. I'm not you know, I don't think there's anything crazy unhealthy about it, except for the fact that there's a lot of bread, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, so sometimes I'll use like a hearty whole wheat loaf from a, from the bakery instead of like a sandwich bread. But generally, I don't change that. Um, and for like mashed potatoes, I find that I don't need the heavy cream the way I make it. I like buttermilk and it gives it like a nice tanginess to it instead of that heavy cream. You, I mean the butter, I don't think you need a ton of butter, but I still use butter and then I use buttermilk, you know, salt and pepper, and it's still delicious, all those types of things. So I'm looking forward to Thanksgiving and, you know, I still do all the pies the same as we would. That all happens. Whipped cream, you know, we, I just eat, you know, oh, one slice yeah, and then maybe a slice the next day. And then we try to make sure that everybody has some of everything and then it goes away. <laughs> right. So just ce- celebrate it and, and do it the way you do it. Just yeah. be sen- sensible about it. Yeah. So tied to all of the, the cooking and the planning, the shopping, the prepping, I wanted to also address the stre- stress factor of mm-hmm. the holidays, especially related to cooking. So, you know, if you're <laughs> if you're the chief bottle washer and cook and shopper and, you know, you're doing everything from from your perspective and experience as a chef um, and, you know, maybe with your mise en place hat on, you know, what are some strategies that you use to make prep more efficient, less stressful and just open space for more of what we talked about, um, getting your fitness, relaxing okay. a bit, having fun and enjoying being with your guests? Mm-hmm. I think, I think organization is the key really. And I think that a lot of people get overwhelmed instead of just like, if you sit down and you think about the items you want to cook or what you want to have, it becomes more about organization. So you can do a lot of things ahead. You can chop vegetables ahead. My pumpkin pie is already done. Like I cooked it actually for a, for, I filmed it for something. And I have, when you film it, you have to make two because you have one to show at the end and one that you're doing on camera. So I froze one of them Uh and my friend took the other one and now it's done. And that like, you can freeze it months ahead of time. 
So yep. most of your pies or desserts, you can always do them ahead. Vegetables and, then, and things chop ahead. Quick, quick question about yeah. frozen pies. How do you how do you thaw those out so the crust doesn't get soggy or you know? Kind yeah. of, I've I've had that problem before, but like, what do you do? Depends on the type of pie, but for the pumpkin pie, it's room temperature. So you thaw like we'll thaw everything in the fridge okay. first of all because it will take longer to thaw, and that should help with the that like. If you, if you do it on the counter, it'll get soggy. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you do it uh, in the fridge and let it thaw, that should, that should definitely help. And then um, like I have half an apple pie in there too. So I'll heat that up in the oven and that should crisp it back up. Okay. Gotcha. That kind of thing. Um, certain other dishes you can make ahead of time. Like I wouldn't really make the stuffing ahead of time, but you could make other things that have enough moisture in them that you can reheat. And you don't need the casserole dish or whatever the thing to hold it in, or you can use an aluminum foil one. You can make those all ahead of time and freeze them too. Um, The thing I think people get, the problem people have is they don't think about the temperature of what what is going in the oven and the temperature. Mm -hmm. So if you cook everything and it all needs to go in the oven, you're never going to be able to do it. Everything's going to be done at different times unless you have like double ovens and the ability to do four or five dishes all at one time. Which so most do of us don't. Yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> so like do something stovetop, right. Do something raw, do something, you know, like mix it around, you know, mashed potatoes is a stovetop. You can do another vegetable stovetop or a vegetable raw um, instead of all of the things that go in the oven. You don't, you don't necessarily need to do everything in the oven. Try to, like you can even do a timeline, but if you have something, you know, the turkey's in there for how many hours taking up all the space, you need other options just right. so that you're not waiting around and then the timing is off. So I usually do a lot ahead and then make sure I don't do a lot in the oven on the yeah. day of. Yeah. And do you normally host? Yeah. I've been doing it with my best friend for like 20 years now. That sounds fun. It's always nice. Um, It's just been a little bit smaller the last couple of years because of COVID and everything, but Mm -hmm. we'll see how it goes this year. I have to figure it out. And what's your favorite technique for cooking a turkey? I don't brine it. I I mean, I'm in New York city, so I don't have the space to brine it. I'm not putting it in the tub. No, I'm not doing any of those things. (laughs) So usually I just put a lot in, I don't put the stuffing in the, in the cavity. I put like lemons and herbs and salt and pepper and all of that. And then I put butter and chopped herbs between like underneath the skin, Mm -hmm. right between the skin and the flesh and then lots of salt and pepper. And then we just cook it. Like at a certain point, we'll put foil over it so that it doesn't, so that the skin is crispy and but doesn't burn. Yeah. I take it out and baste it, you know, occasionally. But you, I, I actually don't find the turkey to be hard. <laughs> like I understand that people have trouble with it, but you just do like some of the basics. Julie, it's a big roast chicken. That's yeah, exactly. Okay. <laughs> exactly. It's. I think it's because it is so big. People are yeah. get a little intimidated by what's going on there. But 
Wow. So I have um, I have a, a bunch of great ideas now from you, and I'm I'm getting even more excited for the holidays because Thanksgiving is my favorite too. Oh, I just love Thanksgiving. I saw a recipe the other day, and I think I'm going to do it. It was. Um, it was like shaved Brussels sprouts, like a salad, but shaved Brussels sprouts and a nice dressing and some other stuff. And I was like, that sounds great. And I can make it the day before. So no, no cooking on that one. That's just like a raw oh, salad, raw salad. Yeah, yeah. That sounds refreshing and light mm-hmm. and, you know, just like a, putting something with a nice crunch that doesn't have to go in the yeah. oven exactly. on, you know, as a salad, that's a great idea. Exactly. Exactly. So, um, yeah, thank you for sharing all of those great ideas. Um, So before we sign off, if you could please tell people how they can connect with you, either through social media, your website, or find out more about these great courses that you're offering. Um, And then I'd love it if you could leave us with a parting thought Mm -hmm. or two for for industry colleagues to help inspire them about food and nutrition so they can go and inspire their clients. Sure. Um, so my website is chefabbygelman.com. Um, and same with Instagram and YouTube and Facebook at Chef Abby Gelman. And I have just, I think almost 500 recipe videos at this mm. point. And I put a new one up every Monday. Perfect. Um, which is great. And so that is my personal stuff, my personal business. And then the, with all the courses and all of that stuff, which is geared towards uh, health and fitness professionals, that is culinary nutrition studio. So it's culinary nutrition and then Instagram and Facebook at culinary nutrition studio. And um, I, oh, right. just as a note, I will put all of that stuff in the show notes. Oh, so <laughs> you don't have to furiously write it down, but check the, the show sure. notes. Cause I'll, I'll drop it in there. Um, let's see. What are some things that I can tell? Um, the answer is not always a smoothie. Please don't tell people just to have a smoothie or add a salad. Um, like we, so, and think about the food first, you know, like, so if you're a fitness professional and you're working with a runner, um, and they are training for a marathon or something at a distance, then they need to increase their protein and their calories and all of these things. Like I, that's as an example, but honestly, for any example, could would be the same. Like, it's motivational interviewing. So, what are they already doing now? What can they add? What are they willing to do? Mm-hmm. So, giving them something that they never want to do, they're not going to do it, right? Mm-hmm. So, or something they don't enjoy, or something that's too overwhelming. Um, like, figure out where they are, and mm-hmm. then just add something, but make sure that whatever they're adding, they are on board with, right? So it has to make sense. It has to be sustainable. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And if you don't know how to do it, then you can't expect them to know how to do it either. So (laughs) exactly. Exactly. Any other pearls of wisdom? Um, let's see. I don't know. I mean, it depends on on who I'm talking to, I guess. Mm. I mean, and the more you cook, the easier it'll get. If you just make a little bit of time for it, it doesn't need to be forever. Um, You know, just 30 minutes a day even, or even just an hour or two hours one day a week Mm -hmm. that would get you really far, so. Yeah, great stuff. Mm -hmm. Couldn't agree with you more. 
Um, I so appreciate you taking the time to join me today, Abby. It's always really such a pleasure to hear what you're up to and to see how you're shaping the conversation about food and nutrition. Thanks so much for being here. Thanks for having me. All right. Take care. Thanks. You too. Well, that winds up our conversation with Chef Abby Gelman. Check the show notes for details about getting in touch with her and for any other resources mentioned on today's show. If you're not an IDEA member, learn more about how IdeaFit Plus membership is truly the mastermind asset that fit pros everywhere are choosing to push their careers forward. If we can answer any questions about how you can enjoy all of IDEA's incredible benefits and career tools, please visit ideafit.com or call our inspired service team at 1-800-999-4332, extension 7. This is Sandy Webster signing off. Until next time, stay positive and keep inspiring the world with your special magic. Don't ever forget that you make a huge difference in the lives of others and that idea is here to support you in this critical purpose. Thanks for all you do to make the world a healthier, happier place. The Idea Fit Pro Show is part of the Outside Inc. podcasting network. Many thanks to our executive producer, Jordan Leeds, and our engineer and editor, Mike Hilding. Copyright 2021, all rights reserved. Reproduction without permission is strictly prohibited.